0: Hey, House of Hardcore listeners, the House of Hardcore podcast is one of the many podcasts here on the Gas Digital Network. Gas Digital has a massive on-demand library of thousands of hours of your favorite podcasts and shows, all in full HD, ad-free, and uncensored. As a Gas Digital member, you get a unique user profile, access to the new live chat during a show's premiere, and all the newest full-length episodes of your favorite Gas Digital shows days before they come available to the public. Sign up to GasDigitalNetwork.com and use the promo code HOH and you get a seven-day free trial on us to see if you like it. And if you decide to stay after the seven days, you get an additional $1. fifty off of your membership every month. That's GasDigitalNetwork.com, promo code HOH, and get a seven-day free trial. Let's get back to the show.
1: Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the House of Hardcore Podcast, Tommy Dreamer!
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dreamer, and man, I am so excited. He's currently my favorite person to watch. And that's right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say his name. Joe Hendry.
1: Welcome to the show. Say his name and he appears. I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in Joe Hendry. Because you love him in London and Paris and Tokyo, America, Scotland and Canada and Mexico. They say, I believe in Joe Hendry believe in Joe Hendry. Hello, Tommy. How are you?
0: Whoa, that really does work. That's amazing. This whole time I'm looking like, man, is he late? Is he not going to be here? Boom. You're there. You guys, it's, it's tough.
1: Yeah, it's tough. It's it's worse than Santa Claus. You know, I mean, I've got some shift here. There's a lot of people saying it. But Santa
0: Claus when Santa hits. I mean, he's he's really got a one day work. You got to do this whenever your name is. Yeah. said. What
1: happens
0: know. if they say your name three times?
1: Um, I, you know, I wouldn't encourage the audience to do that. I haven't tested that out. And that could have serious health implications for myself. So, you know, I guess we'll find out.
0: And you're not supposed to say it in a mirror
1: too, because that's a whole other. That's, that's, that's a whole other thing.
0: That's, that's evil. You, that's where
1: that's evil. Me.
0: Black hair, blonde beard comes out. Yeah. uh, You're a killer. All (laughs) right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I ask everybody who uh, comes on my show, what got you hooked in the wonderful world of professional wrestling?
1: So I actually didn't see wrestling as a kid. I didn't see it as a kid. The only time that I saw wrestling was in the UK. Uh, My cousins watched it, and I was at their house one time, and I saw it, and I didn't really get what it was about. The only thing I can remember of them watching it, and I've looked back and figured it was Al Snow when he was like a ninja jobber, I think, on Raw Mm -hmm. one time. I remember that, and I remember in the UK, Cartoon Network changed to TNT at 7 p.m. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? It's it's the adult channel. Well, not the adult channel. You know what I mean? But like it's no longer the cartoon channel. And um, Nitro would come on. And I just remember not even knowing or liking wrestling, but hating Ric Flair. So that's how good a heel he was. I didn't even watch wrestling. And just for the moments I saw of him, I absolutely hated him. So didn't uh, see much of wrestling other than that until I was about... 14, uh, and then I really got into the, I wish it was another, I wish it was another way, but it was the video games. That's what got me into it. Started playing the games, started playing the games, Uh, Smack, Warzone, loved that loved SmackDown, and then I just got absolutely hooked uh, on The Rocks promos. So it was it was The Rocks promos that got me hooked on the business. And it was around the t- I think it was between Mania 17 and 18 where I just got absolutely hooked. And um, I found out there was one other person at my school who I knew liked wrestling, because you weren't allowed to, to say that you liked wrestling at my school. It was like, no, you can't say that. There was one other guy that liked wrestling, and he had TNA tapes. So I remember seeing TNA like in 2003, 2004, finding that very interesting as well, enjoying that. And then we had the Wrestling Channel in the UK, yep. which had a whole bunch of promotions. It had Ring of Honor, it had TNA Impact, it had um, like a lot of the British promotions and it had, had so much, even had like all world of sport matches from like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. So I just, as soon as I got home from school, that was it. And I was just hooked from then on, just hooked. Nice. Uh, where are you from? So, I'm from Edinburgh, Scotland.
0: Okay. Um, you, I mean, we've done, I know WWE would go there. Uh, mm-hmm. we would do tours there. Yeah. It was always the Scotland tour.
1: Uh, usually, you yep. do
0: two nights there, right? Uh, yeah. You back guys back. would
1: do Brayhead Arena in Glasgow quite a lot. Um, and Edinburgh, um, it's, it's there's a big venue near the airport. You guys used to do the name escapes me just now, but you did both Edinburgh and run Glasgow quite frequently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, love those crowds so much different. Yeah, And then it's it, as a performer it must be so different for you to experience that and come over here to the States. But I w- we'll talk about that in the in yeah. that later. Um, so what, how do you go about your like training, like your, how do you get
1: started in this business? So I actually had this, this, this idea that I was too small to be a wrestler. Believe it or not. I thought I was too small. I thought I couldn't be a wrestler. So I, when I was a teenager, I was like, right. When I'm 18, I'm going to go to the, it was the FWA Academy down in Portsmouth. And they, they produced a lot of, a lot of talent. Uh, like Drew spent quite a lot of time there. Uh, Sheamus spent quite a lot of time there. Um, I Think Wade Barrett might have gone through there at one point as well, but a lot of the British names were really, um, like Doug Williams was their champ. Uh, there was, and you know, katarina was there. There was there, all, the, all the names in the UK were there. So that's where I planned to go, but I just kind of convinced myself, nah, you're not big enough to be a wrestler. So my other passion is music. Now, I, I absolutely love music and I adore it, but it, my main passion is wrestling. That's what I wanted to do. But I was like, I, I can't be a wrestler. So I'll be a musician and I went to university. I well actually I started the band at about sixteen. I mean, we actually ended up touring like with some pretty big bands and got really close to getting signed. We sold like a thousand tickets for this show and um some scouts heard about it and I had a meeting in the big Sony building in New York when I was like 21. And I was like, this is it. And they were like, well, sorry. They were like, (laughs) they were like close, but no cigar. They were like, ah, you've kind of got to have a million hits now. You know, you're doing these shows in the UK, but you know, you need to have X amount of YouTube hits now before we'll risk it. He said a couple of years ago, would have given you a three album deal, but you know, now, uh, sorry, it's just too much of a risk. And we got a few other offers and the buzz kind of died down. And I was like, I was just, I got to, 2012 going into 2013 it was new year's eve and i just felt like crap i was like i have just i'd finished university so i did that got a really good grade really good degree so i, I had that go for me but i was like other than that i was just like no job the the bands you know the the music stuff has just gone down the toilet i'm like wrestling wrestling's what you really want to do i'm about to turn 25 and i'm like it's now or never and i just decided right we're doing it tomorrow you are a professional wrestler and i just it just became my life. I was very lucky. I went along to Source Wrestling School, which at the time, uh, Killian Dain, uh Big Damo was the coach. Nikki Cross was was there as well, uh, coaching uh, dewdrop in WWE. She was in there like the same time as me. So I really, to be honest, almost all the Scottish people who are in WWE were, were there at the time. So I was in a really good group. And Robbie Brookside, just before he got signed to WWE, he spent like two full-time weeks uh, coaching from like 10 in the morning till 10 in the evening and it was like me like I say Nikki Cross, Drop, and Killian Dane. This was just the four of us so I feel like I was very lucky in that and- I got like years worth of ring time right at the start so that, mm-hmm. that helped a lot
0: That's awesome and all uh, great people that you've uh, talked about uh, along the way so now you start doing
1: independence all across the UK? Well Believe it or not, I actually had my first singles match in a WWE ring. So <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> So I just decided, um, I thought, to hell with that, I'm going to ask. And Robbie Brooks said, he went around the room, he's like, right, everyone, say your strengths and say your weaknesses. And it came to me and, and I says, I'm going to be totally upfront and honest. I says, I have no strengths when it comes to professional wrestling because I just got here. I said, but I will tell you this. I just sold a thousand tickets and filled a building, and that means something, right? And he went, "Hmm, come and talk to me later." And then, so after all the training had happened, I don't—I'd only, only been doing it like a couple of months at this point, and I just said, um, "I was like, well, you know, this is this is my goal. This is what I want to do." And he was like, "Hmm," and I went, "Mr. Brooks said, can I get a tryout?" And he went, "Hmm, it's very soon." He's like right let, let me think on it and you know you think it's never going to come to anything i keep training and november rolls around and he's like guess what and so that year i was the only scottish person that got a tryout so you can imagine the nuclear heat oh, that i got i'd would i been training for a few months there's like great workers great shape great promos. he'd be doing it all for you know <laughs> 10 years or whatever, and here comes the guy who's been doing it for a few months get gets a tryout. So that did wonders for my social life in professional wrestling. But um, that no, was a great experience. And it was a terrifying experience. And looking back, it's uh, – yeah, but it was awesome, though. The, there's only Was this one at time. a house show or television? No, it was TV. It was TV.
0: So, yeah. Uh, so you did like a dark ma- uh, a dark match?
1: Well, when I say first match, it was probably even more high pressure than that. So it there was no crowd. It was literally just they asked me to do a tryout match with no crowd. It was in front of William Regal, CM Punk, Fit Finlay, Big Show, and Paul Heyman. So it was, you know, when you've been wrestling a few months, it's like, "Eh, well, I think I know an arm drag, you know. And what (laughs) year was this? 2013. Wow.
0: This is amazing. Uh, Who'd you work?
1: Uh, It was a guy uh, called Emil Sutochi. Who was know, like him. Yeah, yeah he, he was he was really good and he actually did me a solid because at the start of the match before we locked up, he was like, Huh, you've only been training for a few months. And I feel like him doing that just totally like lowered the expectations. So he yeah. did me a real solid that day. Yeah, so he is was a excellent yeah, worker. Yeah, yeah, he was. He he made me look a lot better than I was, obviously. And I think him saying that um really really helped and is that actually and um, pj black was there as well and um, who i now you know is is a colleague which is pretty cool so
0: the uh that's the beauty of pro wrestling dude like uh wait till you start tagging with people that you grew up watching total other sidebar question since you're a video gamer best wrestling video game and for me my other question video games made everyone notice entrances more and yeah. what's your favorite entrance in pro wrestling
1: okay so, oh, that is such a tough question. That I've it's so hard. And the one that I've spent the most time on is Fire Pro Wrestling for the Game Boy Advance. I just think it's the the most it is the closest game to actually being a worker. Like to actually if, if anyone wants to know what it's like, not the new Fire Pro Wrestling, Fire Pro Wrestling for the Game Boy Advance. The one I the one that's probably the most fun is SmackDown 2 for the PlayStation. That's mm-hmm. hilarious. That's the one with like the crazy loading screens where, you know one minute, the loading screen will come up and it'll be The Rock and then the moment your parents walk in it's like, you know, Tris Stratus in a bikini or something, you're like, <laughs> I- I'm just playing, playing a video game you know <laughs> Um, and you know, that's the time it takes like a, the full 30 seconds to load, you know um, as for entrances, yeah, like obviously I kind of recognised early on that I'm when I started, I was like, I'm way behind everybody else when it comes to experience level, mm-hmm. but I have these music skills and I can write songs and record music. So I was like, I, I always kind of felt like entrance was so, such a huge part that people maybe didn't realize how big a part it was. Um, and so what I did is my entrance, um, the, you know, obviously the one that we started at the start of the show, it is actually structured in a similar way to the rock, the, Holly, the Hollywood rock theme the slow section, if you listen, so it's basically the the two themes that I really liked were um, Christian's theme, the one where it's like, go, it was just like right in there. And I was like, right, well, I want a section like that. But then to come across as like, you know, if I'm going to try and really just portray myself as like, you know, that sort of main event sound, I I love that Hollywood rock, the 2003 entrance. And so they're very similar BPMs and the two songs that so that was the concept and so when i'm thinking about right when do you walk out and where am i going to stand that's kind of what i based it on and the two songs that from popular culture that i brought in for influence was the start is actually um it's very similar to international love by pitbull uh and the end is very like we will rock you by yes. queen um in terms of just i was like what if it goes slow, how can I keep people moving? Who's good at that? And Queen were good at that. Um, so that's why I did that. I actually have a funny story about how the song came about. It's when I was playing music with my friends and it was going nowhere. We, you know, we'd had all this buzz, then we had none. And we were like, oh, do you know what? We should just do what Pitbull does and name places. And we're standing at a bus stop and we're going, London and Paris and Tokyo. And then I just thought, <laughs> you know that song I used to have? And I just kind of brought it all together and I showed one of my old bandmates. So I was like, yeah, you know, that, that song that we used to just sing for a laugh on the road. That's now like my entrance. And it's funny, the song that we just were sitting there and I came up with in 30 seconds to make fun of music is the one that I'm now using. So it's kind of bringing all those influences together.
0: That's freaking awesome. Uh, presentation is everything, man. And, uh, you haven't been wrestling or when well, your time in the business, you're very, very smart for the business. But even back then to have the foresight for all of this, for the showmanship and all that stuff, starting late, but then totally immersing yourself into it, it is a big deal. But it's also funny because like <clears throat> we've all had these same plights. We've all had these, no matter how, like I started when I was 18 and like, you know, or just like when you're saying, coming so close to getting signed for a band And then getting that taken away, you know, MJF just cut this amazing promo about, man, I did great. However, I didn't get signed, you know, so we all have it. These are resonating stories, I think throughout, which, you know, it's, it's hard to be famous and it's hard to achieve your dreams. There's going to be a lot of setbacks. There's going to be a lot of people closing doors for you, but you just have to have perseverance and, and continue. And as well as the other part, lucky breaks, but the biggest part talent. And I'm glad that you're at this point uh, of your life right now. Um, so now somebody had recently told me, I don't know how true this is. Cause you said you didn't feel you were, you were big enough, mm-hmm. dude, you have no clue. I, when next time I see you, I'll show you young <laughs> Tommy dreamer pictures. Right. I've shrunk because I broke my neck and my back, but uh, I was six, three. I had a two, tw- 28, Waste, And yeah. I was, I was running mates always with Taz and we didn't miss the gym for almost five years yeah. because it was such a big man's business. I started in 1989. Yeah. Um, so it's, everybody's a giant. And yeah. I felt like if I missed one day workout, I would get, I would shrink. And Taz was always like, I have to compensate for my lack of height with my lack of size. But somebody had said you were a lot heavier as in fatter
1: so um basically what it was when i was up until like ring of honor i was floating around sort of like i mean i well put put it this way i was about 30 pounds lighter when i was in ring of honor my goal now you know what it's like in wrestling there's a you know don't want to peel the curtain back too much here but you know some some people i, I you know would never say about myself. May like to embellish their weight sometimes when they're their build weight compared to the mm-hmm. real weight. But I legitimately hit 265 in um in lockdown because I my goal was I I just couldn't get motivated to be, you know, in shape at 210 pounds anymore. I was I, I want to push push this. And well, the thing is I was at home. You know, with Ring of I was with Ring of Honor. I got sent home. I knew I was going to be home for a long time, so I was like, "Well, I'm not on shows, so I might as well take that time to just get huge and get all these new gains." And so what I did is I basically just got massive. I got a you know I got a 500 pound squat, 500 pound deadlift, and then I just chipped away at it a little bit. So I've probably dropped about 20 pounds from then. Wow! And now you know it's just helped me to go from sort of you know in between cruiserweight and heavyweight to now a, a proper heavyweight you know so it was a very purposeful thing because i like i you know um like i've i've always been completely natural so i've had to if i'd want to change my physique it has to be like a plan of like a year two years you know what i mean so that's that's kind of what what i'd what i'd planned out so that's i like
0: I, uh, I like that determination i am i reached my fattest i've ever been and uh I have a recent match you were at against Chris Bay, and I will probably never. I loved the match. I had to watch it on my screener. and yep. I was very, very proud of the match, except yep. for how I looked. And I was right. like, I will never look this bad ever again. Um, my weight hit three hundred and twenty-two pounds. Yeah, and I had to go on prednisone for health. But yeah. like, you know this. I know this. You you also wrestle in kind of like trunks. I'm fully covered, but still, like I was like, I'm fifty-one. You're younger. But yep. it's like you go out there and you want to a, have pride in yourself as well yep. as like there's people watching you and you don't yep. want to go out there looking like a big slob when yep. you
1: can be in better shape. Well, the way the way I try and think about it is whenever I'm struggling mentally with the gym or my diet or maybe I just really want that McDonald's or, you know, I, I can't be asked doing this last set. The, there's a few things there's. I, tell, I call it the little lies that you tell yourself and you go, well, I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm allowed, you know, I've, I've worked really hard. So maybe I have two cheap meals this week, you know, and you tell yourself these little lies and you go, but what if I have that second McDonald's? It won't really hurt. And it's like, or what if I do everything I'm supposed to do? What about that? You know, I start thinking about the positives rather than, right. you know, mitigating the negative uh, repercussions. And I also think about the pain of doing this set is somewhat temporary. Like once it's done, I won't be thinking about it again ten minutes later. Whereas the pain of let's say I had my debut and it didn't look how I wanted to look, that pain's gonna last a lot longer. That's that's the way I try to think about it. Nice. I try and do my future self a favor.
0: I gotta uh well, I've been in the zone ever since uh, T V. My other problem was I they told me I was coming back to T V uh like 10 days before i was coming back to tv yeah and i was just like all right how do i drop 40 pounds in 10 days it's uh not happening Uh, go ahead go ahead
1: sorry i was just going to say that's something i had to learn the hard way and that's because i have you know i've appeared in impact before uh i you know got signed to ring of honor and both those times when that happened I wouldn't say I was 100% ready for it, physique-wise. And that's happened before. And I was like, I will never let that happen again. So other than, you know, I mean, to be honest, yes, I was, you know, bigger. But even when I was bigger, I had enough muscle to to make, to justify it, if you know what I mean. So it's like, ever since then, I feel like I've always had been ready to go in some way. And I had just made this deal with myself. Like recently, I didn't know. If I, how successful I was going to be, because I was like, I feel like I'm putting out good content. I feel like I'm I'm trying my best to entertain the fans. And even if this is just at a local level, I'd made peace with that. And I was like, tell that I love it. Like, even if it just never gets beyond this, that's cool. I'll just entertain these fans as best as I can. And I kind of was like, if I get in better shape, get better in the ring, get better at promos and get better, it's not like bad things are going to happen. You know, so and I think having the attitude when an opportunity did kind of come out of nowhere, here we are, you know, so I uh, feel it's yeah, it's, it feels good.
0: That's uh, I love that mentality. Uh, another total sidebar last night. Uh, I've, I watch wrestling every night. It's a sickness. Yeah. It's a disease. <laughs> I usually <laughs> yeah, fall asleep to it. And I woke up to use the restroom and I paused it because instead of turning it off, I press pause and I come back. And I see it's. Do you know who Kamala is? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Kamala, the Ugandan savage, and I, and I, yep. and I, I look at his physique, and they're telling him he's six foot ten, and they're talking about this man is massive. This man slammed Andre the Giant. This cannibal, his belly has is so hard. Like they're building him up, and I always looked at Kamala. He was like, yeah, he's big, but he's yeah, you know, he's a he looks like a fat guy, yes. and. They go to his like graphic. It says 6'10", 330 pounds. And I'm standing in my underwear <laughs> and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I look like I'm eight pounds shy from Kamala. I was like,
1: where did my life where?
0: go wrong? You, you I was were at 2.30 alar- in the morning yeah. last night.
1: <laughs> you were two glasses of water away from Kamala. <laughs> All right.
0: So um, though, if I ever get an LJN figure, I would totally paint a moon on my belly and war paint. And- you have to. Be the yeah, gross looking dreamer, Kamala. Whether you're driving an old classic or a real piece of junk, the car market is hot. And that's why I want to tell you about rockauto.com. One-stop shop for all auto parts you need to keep your car on the road and in pristine condition. RockAuto.com has been in business for over 20 years, and they have every part you need in stock at amazing prices. No reason to run around to different stores, websites, or auto shops. RockAuto has what you need in stock. And guess what? RockAuto.com, prices are always reliably low. That means they do not change prices based on what's going on in the market. This isn't like an airplane ticket, a hotel, or beef at the grocery store. You won't need... To constantly check to see if what you need is available and if now is the best time to buy. Rock Auto keeps it simple and has everything in stock at reliably low prices. So go to rockauto.com. They make it easy to maintain your car and save money. It feels good knowing your car is in top condition. Once more, rockauto.com for great prices on auto parts and tell them we sent you. There's a box when you check out to put in our show name. The prices are too good for promo codes. Now let's get back into the show. Um, all right. So, what is your first break after doing indies on the UK scene?
1: So, um, I would say the I was relatively lucky when I started shows. I I recognized the music was going to help me get noticed quickly. So, after the so around the time of the tryout, I made my debut in a battle royal on a local show. And I was in—I don't know if you remember—I C W in Scotland, yes. but I was in—I C W the next night. So my second day on shows was in—I C W with vignettes with character because I just filmed it all myself. Gave it to Dallas, who owns the company, and we, again, he's somebody that was quite open to creative input. So I had—I was lucky to be in programs even when I could barely wrestle, you know. So I had that experience right from the start. We did that kicked off pretty well, and um, that was pretty over. There was a bit of a dip in uh, 2014, I would say, in terms of like, it's just one of those things that, you know, you have to evolve your act and, and show different layers, whereas I hadn't really learned that at that point. But the good thing was, I was one of the few guys who could drive. So 2014, 2015, I was working three times a week, every week, because I was driving all the established guys up and down the UK. And I'm talking you wouldn't believe well actually the the drives in america are way worse than they are in the uk people in the uk are like oh man three hours each way (laughs) whereas you know (laughs) but i did some of the some of the crazy a lot of the crazy long trips and i wouldn't trade it for the world Those they were fun days they were awesome got a lot of experience in 2014 2015 2016 um there's a company called what culture i don't know if you've heard of them yes they they are like a massive Uh, media company and their youtube channel like you've got millions of of subscribers across many youtube channels and at the time their wrestling channel was their flagship channel and they started a wrestling promotion and actually i will tell you something funny at the end of 2015 i was rusev's lawyer so i had to i remember um the one of the producers says can you do a russian accent and i was like of course and I had no idea how to do a Russian accent. Um, and what actually happened, they hired someone specifically for the role, but the whichever referee it was got confused and didn't know this. So he just a referee came up to me and says, Bring your red tie tomorrow. And I says, I was like, red tie. He was like, Yeah, you were told to bring a red tie. And I was like, red tie. So I brought a red tie. And and um he was like, "Where?" He was like, "Where are my Russians at?" Have you got the red tie? And I was like, "Oh, that must be me." And I'm like, "He's like, where are my Russians at?" And I put my hand up, and there was actually a guy behind me who had been paid specifically to do the job, <laughs> who had shaved his head for the role, like totally so And and I ended up taking his spot, but but even know I didn't know it till after. I went in the ring, and my thinking was: so we both had lines, and I knew I was like, Vince is going to let me do it if I memorize it right now everybody else will read it from the paper. So I just literally just went in the zone, looked at it over and over and over and over again until I had it without looking at the paper. And there was a bunch of us and they sent us in the ring and they said to me, you go first. And I read it out and they went, yeah, Vince wants you to do it. So they didn't even listen to other people just because I didn't. So I was like, right, sweet. So that that was pretty cool. Um, I was absolutely terrified. I went out on uh, Raw and that was the one time I was kind of like, oh man, I'm freaking out because apparently and um, the writer told me that Vince said, you know, he was like, Give that kid more lines. So so they came with more lines. And I was like, oh man. So I went to the ring, and as I'm walking in the ring, I'm looking around and I've just forgotten everything. I've forgotten everything. I'm on Monday Night Raw and I'm like, You've asked for this opportunity, and here you are, and you can't remember a God damn thing the second part of the lines were inside the folder but i couldn't open the folder until halfway through so i'm looking around like this and i'm just like looking around because i don't know what i'm gonna say and i'm looking around for a long period of time and i just waited until it came and then i eventually spoke into the mic and i did my bit i mean i got back road dog was like the way that you held that crowd was just (laughs) was (laughs) so (laughs) i got away with that but um yeah so that happened that was pretty cool got a pop for that and then um I, so what culture wanted me to be on this show that they were doing and I go on what culture's YouTube channel and they uploaded one of the wrestlers entrance songs and it got like a hundred thousand hits in a few days. And I was like, what? Like on every other promotion, they would get like 1000 or 2000. I was like, okay, something's going on here. So I actually just messaged them and says, look, do you want me to come down and film some promos? And they were like, oh, well, you know, I know you live far away. I was like, no, no, I'm in town. And I wasn't in town. But they were like, they were like, yeah, okay, come in then. So I went in and did promos. And then they were like, Well, we can only film stuff with you and the other local guys. So I guess you guys are the main event. So I became like, What cultures top babyface? Like, just because I went there to offer and do promos. And a lot of people at the time were like, How did he get that spot? And it's like, it didn't just happen. Like, I was like, I put myself in that position, you know? And then so something really crazy happened after that. In in 2015, Someone tagged me and said, who's your dream match? And I said, Kurt Angle, and I tagged him. So Kurt Angle DMs me, and he goes, look, I know who you are. Um, You're not ready for it yet, but maybe one day we'll wrestle. And I'm just thinking, oh, my God. So we we chat back and forth a little bit. It's left for a long time. ICW booked Kurt Angle um, to face Joe Coffey, right? But I said to ICW, why don't you make me versus Coffey to see who faces Angle? Because I'm now doing amateur wrestling. They might think it's me. So Kurt DMs me and says, oh, that's cool that we're going to be wrestling at the Hydro. And I had to go, ah, Kurt, it's it's, it's not me. It's actually someone else that you're wrestling. And I'd heard through the grapevine what culture tried to boot Kurt, but he said no. And then I thought, wait a second. And I went, Kurt, if I could get a financier to do the match, would you do it? And he went, this is what I need, you know, business class flight or whatever what, what it was. And I thought, to "Hell with it. you only live once. And I went, I actually marched into the what Culture office. And these guys are multi, multi, multi-millionaires. And I went, okay. I, I demanded a meeting with them. And I went, did you try to book Kurt Angle? And they went, yeah. And I was like, what did he say? And they went, oh, he said no. And I went, I can get Kurt Angle. But if I can get Kurt Angle, I wrestle in him. I wrestle him. And I'm now the top guy. Deal? And they were like, all right. And then we shook hands on it. And then because of that, I got to wrestle Kurt Angle. On a pay per view with Jim Ross and Jim Cornette commentating when I had started training in 2013, and this was 2016. So, as you can imagine, my face was just exploding with pressure. Like, it was, I'd asked for it and I got it. And it was, I'd say that match with Kurt was the one that made me realize, like, oh, I need to really up my game here and get better. And, you know, but it was was an amazing experience. Kurt was the man, he was awesome. Um, And that I learned what intensity was in ring that day. Yeah, like you when I it. was when when I was wrestling Kurt, I'm being absolutely serious when I say this, I forgot it was a work, genuinely. In the best possible way. Like everything was totally safe and everything. But just I believed it. You know how Stone Cold says he has to believe everything he's doing? I, I legitimately believed it, what was happening in that moment. It was one of the best nights of my life.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would always Kurt is a cyborg. He's a wrestling machine. Yep. And yep. uh I have seen him where covered in ice. So like with so many injuries and, and did not know how he was going to function and his music would hit, he would spend hours getting dressed. His music hits, goes out there and tears it up. Uh, yeah. and I was just like, how did that guy just go do that? And then coming yeah. back, be like, I think I tore my groin, uh, but, uh, we'll do something tomorrow. And I was like, all yeah. right. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the man. love yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th- that is an awesome experience. Uh, now talking to you, I have to say, your confidence is amazing, as well as you're a confident bullshitter because you've bullshitted yes. your way 100%. through a lot, but you've done the right things in the <laughs> sense of if you would have said, Oh, I'm not the Russian, they literally push you aside. Yeah. You're the Russian. But yeah, then yeah. taking that initiative to memorize that, as opposed to someone's going to think, Well, this person just reading a line instead of taking that initiative, that that's that's phenomenal, phenomenal foresight and everybody will say like the same things well i they asked me if i could do this i didn't know how to do it but i did it you know
1: (laughs) it's uh, still cold cold with the forklift uh story that's what he says he was asked if he could drive a forklift he's like of course i can and i mean i'll be totally honest a lot of a lot of the attitude that i took into pro wrestling came from podcasts you know listening to podcasts just like the one that we're doing now like where people are you know where there's maybe someone who's less experienced in the business, like myself talking to a veteran, like, you know, Jericho's podcast, Stone Cold's podcast. Like I learned a lot from listening to those, like genuinely, like they're, they are gold mines for people who want to know how the business works. I feel
0: it totally baffles me when and I get this question asked at least once a week on social media, I want to be a wrestler. How do I get started? How do I find a wrestling school? And <laughs> I'm like, uh, Google. my name is Tommy dreamer, not Tommy Google. And, yeah. uh, but like, I don't understand, like my <laughs> era of the business, it was protected. It was hidden. Yeah. This, you can get so much information, not only from like underground podcast or search or literally WWE network. I I'm, I've never, I'm in a deep dive and it's funny you're talking about it. I'm currently watching stone cold Steve Austin, broken skull sessions, and I'm on the episode with Kurt angle. And here's yep. a guy that I've known for almost his entire career. And I'm finding out new stuff about him. Yeah. But it's just like you can find out so much information, ascertain that information, and then use it to yourself. Uh, even on my the radio show, busted open. Mia Yim, another phenomenal athlete. Mm-hmm. She was just like one of my favorites. Was Mickey James? I researched where Mickey James went to school because you're a mark. And how do I become like Mickey James? Oh, just go to the school that she trained at. That's it. And she moved herself across the country to go do that. Which- yeah. How do, so your first signed or how do you get to like because uh, I'm thinking Ring of Honor is it Ring of Honor or, or TNA is your first then where you
1: so get impact was first. There's okay. there's something pretty odd happened in between. I'll, I'll skim over it. Basically, um when CM Punk got signed to the UFC, a light bulb went off in my head because I think that was I had. I had dabbled with the idea of doing amateur wrestling. So I started amateur wrestling at like, I think I was 26 when I'd already started pro wrestling. Cause I was like, for, for a few reasons. One was, I was like, when kids have that argument in the playground, like, you know, the kind of, it's that argument of who would win Batman or Superman. If they're going, who would win in a real fight between, you know, Brock Lesnar and John Cena or whatever. I wanted to be on the right side of that argument. Because I just felt like it was going to legitimize what I was doing. And I was also, there were points where I was getting frustrated in pro wrestling. And I just, I saw an opening. So we have something called the Commonwealth Games. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's one down from the Olympics, basically. It's just the Olympics with the best guys taken out. So Dude, the Olympics. I really
0: know what you're going to tell me. Because now I'm realizing that you're the guy. Continue.
1: Yeah. So it's the Olympics with no Russia, no America, with no America, right? So I decide to just i I look at the weight categories and i'm like 97 kilos is vastly undersubscribed i was like there's only three guys in this category that are decent and i was like if i've got two three years to learn how to beat three people and then i can be the champ so that's what i did i became (laughs) i (laughs) I became british yeah i became british champion in freestyle and greco and then i go to australia and i represent um Scotland at the Commonwealth Games. And I honestly Tommy I do you know do you follow UFC at all? Somewhat. So um there was a, his name has just escaped me but he was the middleweight champion at the time. Let me just uh bring up here um champions. So it was the middleweight champion at the time. I don't know why I can't uh remember his name right now. But he decided he was going to compete in the Commonwealth Games. And I thought well he's 97 kilos. And I was like, this is crazy. I was like, I could face the UFC middleweight champion. So it's Robert Whitaker. He was the champion at the time. Okay. So and I got drawn against Australia, where he's from. And I was like, oh my God, can you imagine if I can just get a lucky point on him or something like that? Like, and so I actually contacted Chill Sonnen and I was like, what do I do? I was like, I he's ninety nine percent gonna whip mass, but where's the one percent? What can I do here? What's my best shot? And Chill, Chill was like, You read out this. Go on radio or TV and read this out. So he wrote me a promo. I go on BBC Scotland, I read it out, right? And I'm not saying the two are related. <laughs> but Robert Waker pulled out the Commonwealth Games the next week. So, you know. I, I maybe didn't want to get beat by the wrestler, but he he would have probably whipped mass. But you know, I almost faced the UFC champion as a pro wrestler in an amateur wrestling match, which was nice. pretty wild at the time. But anyway, so I did all that. And the reason I brought up CM Punk was because I was doing the What Culture, I had an MMA channel at the time. And I was like, well, they're going to have to match CM Punk up with somebody that's not like, you know, a UFC fighter. And I was like, I think I could probably get that fight. So that's when I started doing, you know, obviously it never worked out, but I had that kind of at the back of my head. And So I um, I did the Commonwealth Games. I won my two national titles. I unfortunately didn't medal at the Games. But I think it's one of those things to medal at that level, it's like, you know it's got to be your life and it was it was my hobby so after that i did world of sport in the uk and i think impact had some sort of affiliation with them so i think at some point um so scott uh, and ed came over to the UK and they met with a bunch of talents. I was one of them. Um, I explained my story about you know my amateur wrestling, my pro wrestling and all the stuff I'd been doing and Scott gave me an opportunity. But the difficulty is I didn't have a visa. So I could actually only do uh Canada and Mexico and at the time impacts were pretty much based mostly in Canada. So what happened was, is I was on TV for about three months and then shows got moved back to America and I just didn't have a visa. So a lot of people saw the first time I was there as a failed run, but it was just like, I I literally couldn't be on shows. So um, I then then decided, I was kind of doing some stuff with Impact, I was running the Twitch on a certain day and like doing some stuff, but I thought, you know, I need to just take a step back. I ultimately believed Impact was what was best for like what I do in my character and my presentation, but I was like, I just, I'd heard through the grapevine. It was actually, uh, you know, I've said up publicly, like Cody actually pulled me aside and he said, I'm going to tell you something you don't want to hear. He's like, but you need to know. And I was like, what? And he goes, um, ring of honor. have wanted to sign you for some time, but they just assume that you're under contract. And I was like, oh, well I'm not. And he was like, okay, we'll call this number. So I called the number and I had a deal within a week. So then we got the visa. I got out to America Um, my debut was, was horrible, horrible. Um, it was in retrospect, it was just one of these things, you know, when it just doesn't come together for whatever reason. And it just was like, it was the worst feeling in the world. I came back through the curtain and you know, if it even went okay, people would be going "Oh, cool. Nice one. Just silence. Just, and I was like, Oh man, how am I ever going to come back from this? And so me and Dalton Castle start teaming and we actually start clawing it back a little bit, getting a little bit of steam. And then they said, do you know what? We're actually going to throw you guys in the tag team picture. You might, you might even win the belts. We're going to, we're going to put you in at the anniversary show against the Briscoes in Vegas. And I'm like, damn, this is it. We're going to step up now. And I got on the plane, Uh, me, uh, Mark Haskins, Vicky Haskins. We were the UK talents at the time. We got on the plane. The world was fine. When the plane landed, the world was not fine. Everything was shut down. And when we landed, that was it. The shows were shut down. The world was shut down and I had to go back home. But the crazy thing is we were just in Vegas and I could swear that I'm in the same hotel room that I was in. I've got the exact same view. And I was like, this is this is nuts. It just felt like oh, it recently went with full impact. circle. Yeah, I could swear I was in the same hotel room. You're going to have so many of those moments, trust me, in yeah. your career.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Groundhog's Day dude. I'm living it yeah. 33 years. We're recording this tomorrow is my 33rd year in Damn. wrestling October Congrats. 28th. It's uh it's
1: Groundhog's Day all the time. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll, I love it too. Yeah, I so I uh I go home with Ring of Honor and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm lucky if they're going to keep my contract going for another 3 months. But they actually kept the contracts going for a long time. So that helped me, you know, to get a mortgage and pay some stuff off so that that really helped out a lot um but what had happened was they had um the final battle pay-per-view and at that point if you had to if you had the vaccination the booster you could go from the uk to the us but there was a small window of time and the white house was talking about shutting the border back down and i phoned greg who was like the boss of ring of honor and i yep. says greg you know how I've been making all this additional content for free and doing all this extra stuff that nobody else is doing. And I'm, I do it every week on time, deliver it and blah, blah, blah. And I went, I'm cashing it in right now. And I want on that pay-per-view and I like hadn't been on the show for like a couple years or whatever. So Greg's like, all right, talk to Hunter. So I phone Hunter and I go Hunter, Greg wants me on the pay-per-view. <laughs> and um, it's so funny how this starts. He's like, Oh, well, I mean, I uh, I guess we could put you in the TV title match. I'm like, yeah, that works. So phone goes down, and then um, because I wasn't on the poster, I phone up the graphics guy and I'm like, hey guys, I'm in the the title match on the pay per view. You're gonna have to put me on the poster. Nice. So like, I'm like way bigger on the poster than I should be. <laughs> so I got a kick out of that. But I went, and that I'd been using all that time to get big, brand new move set. You know, changed to blonde hair. Like I just I knew I had to show something different because I had a moment where I was looking at um. I actually saw a bunch of wrestling action figures. And I was like, at the time, I was like, damn, I'd be a boring action figure. I was like, what do I need to do? And I was like, so that's why I dyed my hair. was was I was play, People made me in the video games as well. And I was like, that's boring. I wouldn't want to play as me. So what would I need to do? So I actually literally just made myself in SmackDown 2 how I would want to look with the moves I would want. And that's how my moveset is now. That genuinely just made myself in the game how I think people would want to play that game. And that's my moveset now. So I went back to Ring of Honor. You know, did all these power moves, hit the double follow me slam on two guys at the same time, and that went really well. Um, so that helped me get a bit of buzz back in the UK. I got to go over and do the first um, AW owned uh, ro 8 show, so me and Dalton could cl- close off our feud. Um, and, but I was presented with a dilemma, and that was that I needed a visa, and it was unclear how that was going to happen. So I just thought, you know what, to hell with it. I got in touch with my, uh, I got t- I paid a lawyer uh, $250 to just tell me everything about visas for an hour. So they did that. And then I took that information and then I, f- I phoned around all the lawyers and actually turned out the Ring of Honor one had all my stuff on file. So I was like, wait a second. So you guys have got all my stuff on file. That means it's going to be quicker and easier, right? And they're like, yeah turns out it was going to be about like seven eight grand to get it done and i had to make a decision at the time i was like do i get do i have to accrue an extra seven eight grand to just get this done and they were like yeah but we can't guarantee it It might work it might not and i just thought to hell with it let's do it so i genuinely had to work multiple jobs like there was a point where i was getting like three four hours sleep a night because i was trying to juggle all these different jobs it was crazy i I never want to put myself through that again but i got the money got it done Got the visa. Um, and then we were able to, you know, get talked to impact. And it 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 happened. And it, it was crazy because Scott and I had spoke before, but the thing that actually got Scott's attention again was I was doing after the Ring of Honor stuff, I was doing a showdown in Newcastle, England, and I was about to leave. And the photographer goes, oh, we didn't get to do photos. And you know, when you've got your gear off, you're back in your clothes and you're going, oh man, you know, I just want to go home. And I thought, no, you know what? I'm a professional. I've, I've been paid to do this and, and photos is part of that. Let me go put my gear back on. So I go put my gear back on, come back, takes a photo. And I'm like, oh, that actually turned out pretty well. And I tweeted it and I says, dear major promotions, you've left some money on the table. And hundreds of people tagged Scott and Impact and that was the day that Scott was like, "All right, let's talk." And that's that's how it happened. So it it was just the smallest of things. If I just left, who knows? You know, like if I didn't get those photos, who knows? So, yeah, it's just crazy how life works out sometimes.
0: Um, you should pick up this book, Mad Dog Fashan, yep. uh, the story of Maurice Fashan, by my good friends Bertrand and Pat Laprade. Yeah, uh, it's a great book. Um, but it's about someone who's, he was an Olympic wrestler and then turned, but also it's, it's a great read. Um, I think you would like it anyway. Cool. Um, another thing I remember like Scott started mentioning your name and he's like, he puts out all this content. Hopefully we're going to be going back to the UK, uh, in the next year, 2023. And he was just like, he's someone that, you know, he, we were going to sign him. But then Ring of Honor signed him, which I totally love because now I'm hearing both sides of the story. It's like Ring of Honor signed him before we did. And then, like you said, you you invested in yourself trying to get that visa. And then once that happened, it's like, well, let's take a chance on him. Yeah. And now enters, I guess, my first real Robert Evans is a big supporter of yours. So is Jimmy Jacobs. And so for me, I'm, you know, I put together the the gauntlet um, and we're like, per Robert, he's like, no, 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 you got to understand his music, his entrance is all about him. So we need to put, we want you to have your full entrance instead of yeah. run to the ring. And I'm like, all right, cool. I don't know. I don't know this about you. And I'm like, I'm going to put people there just in case, because we'll film it on television, then doing <laughs> your whole entrance. And I'm choreographing your entrance with extras, right? barely knowing anything about you. And then I I give it to you. Just tell them like about it, whatever. And then the beauty of pro wrestling, the beauty of why everything we do is global. You doing all this content that you have put out there during the pandemic. Um, as soon as your music hits, not only is it a pop, but everybody's clapping to the beat. Everybody's doing every single thing that we want them to do without having to like precursor them to do it which means they've been paying attention to you, which I love. And, you know, you're very, very early in your impact wrestling career, but uh, I think you're going to do great uh, besides your attitude, be- just besides you you keep wanting and improve yourself. But I just loved how, because I didn't know anything about you. And I want to know more about you just by doing this podcast, but like how people react to you. Like, and I say this for sure, like there was, I love, and I say this all the time, you're a gimmick. But gimmicks that can work will last forever. Um, Orange Cassidy was a gimmick. And Orange Cassidy is an amazing wrestler. Um, You have that niche of both worlds where you're a real badass as well as you have that. Like, I mean, the boogie-woogie man Jimmy Valiant was a worker of workers and a full-blown gimmick way back in the day. And drew millions of dollars Throughout his career Still wrestling by the way He's awesome He's in his 80s Um, But It's cool that the people Reacted that way to you And when And now like like you said Impact's the best place for you Because you're being put in those scenarios Where people are saying Your name And then boom you appear And it's It's a perfect scenario As well as everybody welcomes your creative and I could never tell you how to be you. I could try to tweak it. Well, maybe this would work best, but you know how to be you because you know your own story. And that's where impact really, really does dominate.
1: Yeah. I've been, <clears throat> I've, I've said this before. I went, I think the impact has the best show and I'd hand on heart, believe that because it's just for my taste. I could put on impact and I can escape for, you know, the, the entire time that it's on. It's fun <laughs> from from start to finish. And it has everything that you would want from a wrestling show. And what you said there about the the creative aspect of it, I I feel like I'm, you know, there's times where I'm like, this is going too well. What's going on here? This is one giant rib. Someone's gonna burst out and go, ha, none of this is real. Like I remember Robert sent me in New York, he was like, he was like, Oh no, I think they're gonna be excited for you being here. I was like, not because i mean robert like at the start like it, it was weird i remember i was like oh well why don't we do this for the promo? And i can just like at- attack the guy and then i can do this and that and, and robert was like no he was like just just let it happen and it's weird now i i trust robert a hundred percent i trust jimmy a hundred percent i trust everybody in creative a hundred percent with this character because this is the first time in my career where i've actually had to go actually like I know what you're saying about, you know, you know, you better than you, but I actually argued to do it a certain way and the impact way was better. It was better. Like it, yeah, it was, it was actually, and I had to go, they were a hundred percent right. And I was wrong. And I have to take a step back and go, that tells me that they know how I need to be presented. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I love it because I actually feel like, me coming up the things I come up with, and then creative coming up the things that they come up with, we're coming together, and the sum is greater than the 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 equal parts. You know what yes. I mean? It's, and that's the most awesome thing about it. It's like I remember, it, you know, at the, you know, the last show, like I was kind of thinking, what, what am I going to say here? And Robert wasn't sure either. But then when we both talked about it, we knew the answer within a few minutes. You know, and it's just, it's, I feel like I'm doing my dream job. In my dream company, and I'm just like, how many people in their life get to say that? You know, it's it's so. It I will never take it for granted. I will never take it for granted. Like it, it, if you know, it's, I I I'm fully aware of. I knew that I I actually quit like my shoot job like that I was doing a couple of days before the second taping because I was like, I have to double down. I have to just double down and just ex- let the chips fall where they may. Like, you know, and I just thought if I don't, if I don't give this 100%, I'll regret this for the rest of my life. So I was like, I have to give this 100%. And I remember when I walked out in a Bound for Glory and I saw the signs for me on the ramp and I was like, they're a bit obvious with the plants and the crowd here, you know. And I kind of went back and I was like, "Oh, was that? they were like, no, no, that was just fans." <laughs> and I remember Robert saying he was like, "No, they're going to be excited to see." you. And I was like, "No, they want I was like, "They don't know who I am," you know. I was like, "I was nervous about going out second, you know. And but by the the, the second TV, I was like, "All right, we might might be onto something here." So we are. I'm having, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's 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 awesome. It's just. I mean, how often it's so jarring. I don't know if it's a UK thing or whatever, but I'm just, I'm just not used to being like booked correctly and treated <laughs> well. I'm like, what's going on, man? And then it's like the roster as well. It's like everybody's like retweeting my stuff and I'm like, what what's going on here? It's just, I'm, I'm not used to, you know, I'm like one of these dogs that you get from the shelter and they just don't know yeah. how to be loved, you know? <laughs> it's it's <like> funny. Just, <laughs> uh,
0: Raven came back to Atlanta and then uh, I had suggested him for the Hall of Fame and from Atlanta and then from this, and we were, you know, we actually been talking more and he was just like, I really enjoyed my time in Atlanta. It, it reminded me of when we were really, really close and like the whole time I'm like, when is the bottom going to fall out or who's going to pull the rug for, out from under me? And he was just like, it's just been such an amazing, nice high And I haven't felt that way in a long, long time. And he was just like, even from his hall of fame, he was like, everybody made me feel special. And, you know, it was just that that's cool. And that's how I listen, man, I lived that like in ECW. And I always say wrestling should be fun. And this is all our dream jobs. And I've also at one point in my life, I started hating something that I've loved since I was nine years old. And I never wanted to be like that. That shouldn't be your dream job. You know, so I kind of I go out of my way to make sure that happens. And I know I have this stern face and all that stuff, but I'm not I'm not like that at all, because I just want everybody to be really happy and live their dream. And uh, I'm glad you're living it. And I know the future is going to be so, so bright. Uh, number one, how do I find you on social medias?
1: OK, so on uh, Twitter and Instagram, it's at Joe. <coughs> excuse me. It's at Joe Hendry and um, TikTok. It's at Joe Hendry one because apparently there was already a Joe Hendry. But yeah, TikTok and, and, uh, sorry, Twitter and Instagram, my main ones, at Joe Hendry.
0: Cool. And because we're ending this podcast, do I have to say your name in reverse to get rid of you? Or how does that happen? You
1: you can. You don't have to. You don't have to. You can.
0: (laughs) Well, Joe, I really thank you for the time. We're on a a five-hour time difference, and it's early in the morning for you. So get some sleep. I really appreciate you, and I look forward to seeing you uh, November in Louisville.
1: Awesome. Sounds good, Tommy. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Really Thank great. you, bro. And that's Thank this you. week's episode of the House of Hardcore Podcast. Say his name, old people.